It's the angels who separate the tares from the wheat. It is not our responsibility. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 108. And today we're talking about how to separate the tares from the wheat. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome back to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful that you're here listening today. This week we're talking about how to separate the wheat from the tares. As you're listening today, think of someone who might really appreciate this message and share it with them. It might be just the thing that they needed to hear. I don't know if you have ever felt this way, but there have been times in my life when it seemed like things were just a hopeless mix of good and evil forces fighting each other. Sometimes they have been internal struggles, and other times those competing good and evil forces have been external circumstances. All too often, the minute something good would happen in my life, wham, something bad would come along too. Or I'd have a moral victory over one sin and then suddenly give in to a different temptation. It can be kind of frustrating sometimes. Some folks just shrug this off and say, well, that's the way life is, and they don't really make an effort to stop that roller coaster. They just try to hang on the best they can. And I'll be the first to admit it's pretty much impossible to get rid of all the ups and downs in life. And we certainly do grow from the challenges that come our way. I know I certainly have, but I also feel very strongly that God wants us to exercise the dominion he gave us to meet these challenges, whether they're internal or external, and not just be swept away with them, not just put up with them. One of the parables Jesus used to describe the kingdom of heaven has helped me immensely and gives me some insight on how to do this. I'm sure you're familiar with the parable of the tares of the field. It's in Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. It's one of those many parables that Jesus told to explain a particular aspect of what the kingdom of heaven was like. I love the way he uses simple stories about everyday activities which his listeners could relate to. So, in the parable of the tares and wheat, Jesus tells about a farmer who planted good wheat in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, an enemy came and planted tares, that's a kind of weed, among the wheat. 
Well, when the wheat germinated, so did the weeds. However, these particular weeds, called tares, or more specifically, darnel, looked exactly like wheat until the seed stalks appeared. So, no one noticed a problem until later in the growing season. All the leaves looked basically the same until those seed stalks appeared. Tares are a serious problem in a wheat field because if the tear seeds get mixed in with the wheat when it's ground into flour, the resulting bread or baked goods are ruined and become bitter. So back to the parable, once the farm workers realize that there are tares among the wheat because they see the different seed stalks, they go to the farmer and explain the problem. Their solution was to rip out all the tares. You know, you see weeds in your garden and you want to pull them out. That made perfect sense to them. But everyone listening to this parable in Jesus' day knew that it can take about three months for wheat plants to grow enough in order to send up the seed stalks. They knew what the problem was going to be even before Jesus got to the explanation in the parable. They may have even had tares in their own wheat fields and knew from personal experience the problems it caused. Let's take just a minute and think about what happens when two plants grow side by side for three months. The farmer knew all too well that the roots of the tares would be intergrown with the roots of the wheat. And so in the parable, Jesus explained that the farmer wanted to wait until harvest because if you pulled out the tares before the harvest, it would pull out the wheat too by the roots. The farmer said to wait until the wheat was ripe. Then he had the reapers harvest the tares first and bind them into bundles to throw in the fire. Next, he had the wheat harvested and stored in his barn. That's simple enough, isn't it? Doesn't that explain the kingdom of heaven perfectly clearly? Well, Jesus' disciples weren't quite so sure. They didn't quite understand what he was getting at. So when the crowds had gone away, they asked him privately to explain this parable, which he readily did. And you can find the explanation of that parable in Matthew chapter 13, verses 36 through 43. And I'll have all those references in the show notes. Jesus explained that the one who plants the good seed is the Son of Man, referring to himself, Christ. The field represented the world. The good seed, that is the wheat, represents the children of God's kingdom. The tares are the children of the wicked one, or Satan, who plants them among the wheat. Jesus then says that the harvest is the end of the world. The reapers are the angels who gather up the tares first, every wicked thing in the world, bind them together and burn them. Then the angels go back and harvest the wheat, the righteous children of the kingdom, and store them in the barn, the kingdom of their father. So the disciples got a little deeper insight into what Jesus was talking about. Usually, when people talk about the parable of the tares and the wheat, it's almost always used to show the big picture of eternity and salvation, the end of the world. 
But the more I look at it, the more I am increasingly convinced that there's also a micro-meaning to the parable that applies to our day-to-day experiences. Have you ever felt like your day-to-day life was kind of like a wheat field infested with tares? Just an endless mix of good and evil forces fighting each other? Let's look at this parable again and see if we can find some lessons that apply to our daily lives and see how we can exercise our God-given dominion over evil. Let's call the field, instead of the end of the world, let's call the field your daily life. There are several things that I've noticed in this parable. First, in this field of your daily life, it is not Christ who plants the tares. Christ does not send evil into your life to test you. Evil does not come from God or his Messiah. It comes from the enemy when we are spiritually asleep. Be alert to the seeds of evil that the wicked one tries to plant in your life. What does that mean? Well, things like greed or hatred, revenge, egotism, selfishness, the list goes on and on. Something you do from selfish motives may seem to be good until it starts to bear fruit. Then your true motives will appear. Or maybe you know someone who was all smiles on the surface and acted like they were your best friend, but really they were just using you to manipulate the situation to get what they wanted. At first it feels like they really care about you, but eventually their true motives come out and it's obvious when those motives start bearing fruit that they only care about themselves. The second thing I noticed in the parable that all the seeds planted by the sower, the son of man, are good and will bear fruit. So all the seeds that Christ plants in your daily life are good and will bear fruit. The angels see the good in your life and they bring it to the harvest. Not one kernel of good is ever lost because the angels find it all. Here's a point that I have found very helpful. The tares never turn into wheat because of good behavior, and the wheat never turns into tares. Don't try to make evil into something good. Acknowledge the tares for what they are. When the tares are blowing all around you, and it seems like your life is this mix of good and evil, When you turn to God for help in those situations, you will be blessed. It's not the challenge that gives you the blessing, it's God. Jesus says the tares are the children of the wicked one, or Satan. The question is, who are the children of the wicked one? He also called Satan the father of lies. That's in John 8, 44. He's a liar and the father of lies. And this is an important point. I have found this so helpful. Jesus is explaining that the children of Satan are not people, but lies. Lies about God's children. None of the wheat, none of the children of the kingdom perish. Only the children or the lies of Satan perish in the fire. If the wheat gets bruised or dirty, 
it's still wheat, and it's still harvested. Think about how that applies to you and me. If you have been bruised and fallen in the mud or been pushed in the mud, you've fallen into sin or been pushed into sin, or you've jumped in willingly into the mud of the world's sins and been injured and bruised, the mud, the sins, the bruisedness are not part of you. They don't change you into a tear. You are still wheat in your father's eyes. You are still a child of the kingdom. I've heard a lot of preachers talk about the tares as the wicked people in the world who they believe are in danger of hell. But that's not actually what the parable says. When you read it closely, it's clear Jesus is saying all the wheat, the children of God, are harvested and stored in the barn, the Father's kingdom. My wife pointed out to me one time that if you were a stalk of wheat with a tare growing next to you, You may look over and see your fellow stalk of wheat, but if the wind blows a nearby tear into your field of vision when you look at your neighboring wheat the next time, you suddenly see a tear and falsely assume that your neighbor has become a child of the wicked one. Well, when the wind blows again and the tear is blown out of the way, you see your neighbor as a child of God. When we believe the lies that Satan tells about God's children, we're believing that a fellow stalk of wheat has turned into a tear. Sometimes we believe the lies that Satan tells about us, and we think that we are a tear. It is so important to see through these lies and bear witness to and love all of God's children and not be fooled by what Satan is saying about them. Another thing that I have found very helpful from this parable is that we cannot separate the tares and wheat prematurely in our own lives or in the bigger picture of the end of the world. Because when you try to separate the tares and the wheat prematurely through human will, it will only make a mess of things. I have a friend who used to do this. He would try to solve every problem the minute it became a problem instead of waiting for the ripeness of time. He would usually make things worse because he was not sensitive to the harm he was doing in the process, the emotions he fueled, and the feelings he tromped on. Fortunately, he is more thoughtful in his approach now. He waits to get a better understanding of the whole situation and the ramifications of different actions he might take. I have another friend who pointed out that the farmer's whole motive for waiting was to save the wheat. He knew what was best for the wheat, and he didn't get over-preoccupied by the tares. He didn't fret about them. He was not worried that they could harm the wheat. He was not afraid that the tares would somehow turn some of his wheat into more tares. He knew that he would be able to deal with the tares in the appropriate way at the right time, and he was at peace about this. God gives us dominion over all evil, but he gives us a sense of peace in this awareness. One of the most important lessons that has helped me in this parable is the fact that 
It's the angels who separate the tares from the wheat, in the big picture and in our day-to-day lives. That means we don't have to do it. We can trust God to send the specific angels, the specific ideas and inspiration, or the specific situations or people that we need to solve a problem at the right time. If it was all up to you and me, we might miss a tear or two. We might miss a whole section of tears in our lives. But the angels are better at it than you and me. They have a lot of experience. They know what they're doing. They know how to separate the tares from the wheat and when to do it. Something else that has really stood out to me about this parable is that the tares are harvested first. You may be wondering, well, James, what difference does it make if the tares are harvested first? Sometimes it seems like the bad stuff in your life and the world as a whole is getting all the attention. Think of the reapers going through a wheat field, cutting out all the tares. Now, let's pretend you're a stalk of wheat. You know it's harvest time, and boy, you are ready to be harvested. You see the reapers harvesting the tares, and you might be wondering, well, why do they get to go first? Why do they get all the attention? Hey, what about me? I'm over here. Come get me. And as they take out all the tares, you get jostled around. They're moving you back and forth to make sure they find all the tares. You may get bent one way and then another. But you're still wheat. Your wheat is not being damaged. The angels are very careful. The angels have lots of experience, and they know exactly what they're doing. How does this look in your daily life? It may seem like you're going through challenging times. You're getting thrown around. You're getting tossed back and forth in life. But actually, what's going on is the angels are separating the tares, the lies of Satan, from your life. One day I was reading this parable, and I'd read it so many times, and I thought, God, show me something I haven't seen before in this parable. And all of a sudden, it hit me. This is from Matthew 13, verse 30. When the tares are harvested, they're bound together before they're thrown in the fire to burn. They didn't want any of them to be left stray. They put them all together so that there wouldn't be one or two left around somewhere. It was to put them all together to burn them. But think about what happens when you tie a bundle of easily bendable stalks together. They become harder to bend, and as a whole, they become stronger. There is strength in unity. Sometimes, it seems, evil forces are united against us and become more powerful in our lives. That has certainly happened to me at times. But actually, This is a foreshadowing of the imminent destruction of these evil forces. When it seems like all hell is breaking out in your life and evil is running roughshod over you, it just may be that the angels are harvesting first the tares. They're gathering them together to burn. You're getting pushed back and forth, and it seems like a tumultuous situation, but The tares are being harvested, and when they are bound together, it's not to give them more strength. It's so that none of them will escape being thrown in the fire. 
So when you're being challenged like that, think of it as the angels gathering up the tares, binding them together in bundles. It seems like they're more powerful. And you put a pile of all those bundles of tares together, it can be pretty impressive on the side of the field. But they're all going to be burned. All these evil forces that seem to be wreaking havoc in your life, they're all going to be burned. Not a single one will escape the fire. This last thing I want to share seems so obvious, but there's really an important lesson here as well. The angels, once they've harvested the wheat, they don't leave it in the field to rot. They put it in the barn. God doesn't leave your good unprotected. He sends his angels to gather it all, and he keeps it safe as a resource for the future. So when you face a challenge and overcome it, that victory is like wheat in your barn. You'll always have it in the future when you need it. These are just a few of the ideas from the parable of the tares and the wheat that I have found really helpful. There's always much more to get out of something Jesus has taught us. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this parable and what you have found helpful in it. One thing I talk a lot about on the Bible Speaks to You podcast is Jesus' original message when he started preaching that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's in Matthew 4, 17. Think about how that fact that the kingdom of heaven is at hand applies to this parable. The ideas in this parable, which Jesus says are like the kingdom of heaven, then they are at hand right now. And that's why I say this parable of the tares and the wheat does not just apply to the ultimate victory over evil at the end of time. It applies to the here and now, the kingdom of heaven at hand in our daily lives. The angels are always ready to harvest and protect your ripening wheat, the good you are and do. And they always sift out the tares, the lies of Satan, from our lives. Don't be quite so impressed when evil screams in your life or in the world. Thank God instead that the angels are actually gathering up the tares, gathering up the evil, gathering up the lies of the wicked one to destroy them. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here today. And again, I'll ask you to please think of someone that you can share this episode with. There is someone that you may know who really needs to hear the message in today's episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything in today's episode or anything about the Bible in general, or if you just need a little spiritual support in your life, I would love to hear from you. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Contact tab up in the menu bar. Fill out the form, and I'll be in touch. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, I encourage you to go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the Subscribe tab up in the menu bar. You'll be on my email notification list, and you'll never miss an episode. As always, I'll have the scriptural references that I mentioned today in the show notes page, which you can find at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 108. This is episode 108. If you enjoy the Bible Speaks to You podcast and would like to support it, 
The most effective way to do that is to put these ideas into practice in your own life and share the podcast with others. And if you'd like to make a financial contribution to help offset some of the hosting and production costs of the podcast, you can go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, go all the way down to the footer, you'll see a PayPal donate button. And I thank you for all the many different ways that you have been supportive of this podcast. That's it for today. Again, thanks so much for being here. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care. We'll see you next time. God bless.